Steve Hirschholt here. Yeah, just out on the back road. I'm actually in my back 40. And uh, yeah, I did a little overnighter um, solo trip out to a private campground just uh, southwest of Devon. So pretty much a gravel grind out. I had a nice headwind. But today is Sunday and I am being blessed with a tailwind. So this is really awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to say good luck to you and I know you're going to do really well on the Lost Elephant. I'm pretty excited for you. And uh, yeah, I'm just riding by some, I see a yellow canola field and uh, the hawks are soaring today. Got to see a couple of owls, which is pretty neat. Haven't seen an owl for quite a long time. So yeah, just a glorious day and wishing you all the best. And uh, as you say, keep that rubber side down. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello again, friends, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. My voice is very deep today. Do you like it? I just got up out of bed not too long ago, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling very deep, very radio-y. What do you think? Anyway, um, Trish Holt, thanks for that voice memo. Uh, really appreciate the uh, well wishes. Obviously, um, uh, The Lost Elephant has already run, <laughs> and I did do, do pretty good. I'm pretty happy with the way it all went down, and uh, I thank you for your, uh, for your well wishes on that race. And uh, I think I got them anyway. Quite obviously, I listened to your voice memo before, before the race. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, I really appreciate it. If you want to send me a voice memo, you can do what Trish did, and pull out your device, record me something, and send it to myback40podcast at gmail .com, and I'll get it on the show. I love hearing from you guys. Um, whatever you're up to, whether you're just sitting on the couch thinking about something, or you want to share a thought, or if you're out riding your bike and feeling good and want to share with the community what you're up to. We all love hearing from you, so don't be shy and send a voice memo to myback40podcast at gmail.com. Something I want to talk about just briefly. Um, so as, as some of you know, um, I am fortunate enough to be wearing a, a, a wearable, um, tracking my biometrics, and it's by the company called Whoop. And I'm talking about it. They're not, they don't sponsor me, but uh, maybe consider this reverse sponsorship. I don't know if I tell people about it. Maybe more people jump on board. And if you do, if you do actually go out to Whoop and you want to get a wearable from them, and there's a way, just mention where you heard where you heard about it from. And that's here on the My Back 40 podcast. But um, it's been a fascinating, fascinating device to wear. Um, for those of you who are kind of curious about what's going on with their physiology um, through training, sleep, and recovery, it's pretty, pretty fascinating to see the data and look at the data. Now, I've only had it for about a month which really isn't long enough to extrapolate any any data from, I, I don't think. But uh, I've been kind of following the um, the recovery as, uh, I'm using the recovery as a guide to my training. So when my recovery is low, I you go out for easy spins, taking it easy, you know, maybe just keep it flat, don't climb too much. Or if you want to overreach, you know, you can get in there and, and, and you know, overreach your recovery a little bit uh, for fitness gains. Um, but it's really interesting. There's, there's different, uh, recovery zones, red, yellow, and green. And you can kind of, you know, when you're in the red, 
it's probably just a rest. Just rest, put your feet up, take it easy, you know, maybe do some rolling and stretching. When you're in the yellow, you know, do some stuff, uh, keeping the heart rate down. And then when you're in the green, take advantage of that. And that's kind of what I did yesterday. I've been having a hard time recovering from the lost elephant. Maybe it's my age, but um, I've been having a hard time getting my recovery scores back up. And it's interesting because it kind of makes sense. You know, you push your body really hard for a couple of days and you feel sore and you feel broken, you feel tired and your body needs to recover. So um, physiological data changes to reflect that your body is in recovery and healing mode and regrowth mode. And it's interesting to see that. And then as you get better and better, I also had some stomach issues after it, which I was afraid that, you know, I didn't treat any of my water. Don't tell anybody. I didn't treat any of my water. And um, I, I don't. I've kind of gotten out of the habit of doing that. And I just try to pull from from good sources. And obviously, I'm rolling the, rolling the dice. And I know that. But um, through those stomach issues I was having, my recovery was really low. I think it was affecting my sleep. And obviously, my body was, was consuming a lot of energy just trying to heal and get well. Um, so it was interesting to see that. So the other day I was in the green and I went for a hammer and it's like, yeah, you can feel the, the recovery. You look at re- your recovery score and I think it was 71% that day. And, uh, and you feel good, you feel alert and you feel strong. And, uh, those are the times you take advantage of that stuff. So if anyone's really interested in wearables, um, from my opinion, and I haven't used a lot, but I researched quite a lot of stuff. People use their Apple watch and I think there's Fitbits and there's some other devices out there, but ma'am, get yourself a whoop strap. Um, check it out. You can go over to whoop.com and uh, look at some of the data and um, and check it out. It's really, really interesting. Anyway, I just want to share a little bit about that. And um, yeah, I hope you uh, get something out of that. So yeah. I also wanted to tell a quick story about the lost elephant since, since Trish kind of brought it up is, uh, you know, the second night, uh, I really wanted to get to Canal Flats, but I also wanted to kind of catch my buddy Eric. And it was a mental thing for me. I, I was kind of hoping that we could go up to that bushwhack together. It's it's weird. It, it was it's not that big of a deal. Um, the bushwhack it's at four hundred and fifty four point three to four hundred fifty four point eight kilometers. I knew that because I was so kind of you know just fearful of it. it wasn't that big of a deal in the end, but. Um, uh, I wanted to catch Eric so that maybe we could uh, do that together and it would just help my mental state a little bit. And uh, anyway, I, I was riding with Harry and Mo for a little while and uh, they wanted to stop at about 160 at this really nice camp spot. And I, I considered it, but I really wanted to either see Eric or get to Canal Flats. So I kept pushing through the night, rode till only till about midnight. And I found a great, there's this great park kind of at the back of town at Canal Flats. And I pulled out my stuff and I set up. And uh, it was a good day, a successful day. I was pretty happy with the way it all went down. And I found a good good spot to lay down in front of a bench. And uh, I was just laying, did some stretching. And, and I was just drifting off to sleep. And I was thinking, I wonder if the sprinklers are going to go off in this park. <laughs> so at like four in the morning, and then I fell asleep. I was like, ah, whatever. I was, I was tired. I didn't want to move. Sure enough, four in the morning, the sprinklers light up. And it was like, Whoa, I jumped out of bed or jumped out of my uh, bivy and I was running around. It was almost like from, you know, zero to 120 kilometers an hour just in one second. It was like running around, getting my stuff out of the sprinklers and moving my bike. And oh my God, it was, I was just sitting there and I had such a great sleep. And I really wanted to have a good sleep going into the next day because it was going to be fucking hot. And and, uh, yeah, so I stood there thinking about what to do and I kind of shook all my stuff out and, 
rolled it all up and then went over to the grocery store and kind of slept in behind the big, uh, I think they're big diesel tanks or something behind a fence there. So I kind of tucked in there. I didn't go back to sleep after that, but trust your instincts. Listen to your spidey senses. If your spidey senses are telling you that the sprinklers are going to go off, the fucking sprinklers are probably going to go off. You should probably find another place to sleep. Anyway, that's what I love about these things, man. There's so many fun experiences to have, to be had. And, and, you know, I was laughing about it. I wasn't really all pissed off um, because it's just, I don't know. It just seems like something that happens to me, <laughs> those kind of things. But kind of fun to share it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, get out there and have your own, your, your own experiences. There's lots of fun to be had out there. And, you know, even though we're alone and kind of trying to do our own thing and ride our own ride. There's, there's so many stories to tell and I love sharing with you guys. So I hope you like that little story. thought I'd share you with you some, um, some promo codes that are still running. So cycling 101 has the 101 VIP 20 promo code going to save 20% off a of bike fit or a consultation. Um, most of you are probably kind of already doing your training thing or um, I've already had their bike fit or are happy with their bike fit. But if you're looking at a new bike in the future and you're worried about its fit, um, I think that's one of the most important things about a bike. So if you're concerned about that, reach out to Cycling 101 and you can use the promo code 101VIP20 and you're going to save 20% off a of bike fit. Or, you know, if you want some consultation, uh, if you want to get some feedback on the training program that you're currently following, you can also use that promo code and save 20% off a of consultation. So I'd encourage you to do that. Ryan's a good dude. Uh, he'll, he'll give you great advice. He's got a lot of insight and, um, yeah, reach out to him, show him some love. He, uh, also shared with us, Ryan Draper also shared with us his, uh, knack bar ambassador code, which is Ryan. So if you head on over to knackbar.com, do a little bit of shopping, spend over 50 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. And if you use the promo code Ryan at checkout, you're going to save 20% off your purchase. So I'd encourage you to go ahead and do that as well. All right. So this week on the My Back 40 podcast, I bring you Tyler Hamilton. Uh, this is the third time I've had the privilege of sitting down and talking with Tyler, and um, it never disappoints. I love talking to that dude. And then I realized as as I was editing that um, we mentioned uh, the book uh, at the beginning of the podcast, but I don't think we even talked about the title. So I'm just going to plug it now. The title of the book, and I'm sure a lot of you have already read it. And if you haven't, please do. It's it's an incredible incredible book. It's uh, it's called The Secret Race. Inside the Hidden World of the Tour de France. And I believe the date on it is May 7th, 2013. I'm just kind of looking on Amazon right now. And here's a, uh, uh, a short uh, kind of review of it. Quote, The Holy Grail for Disillusioned Cycling Fans. The book's power is in the collective details, all strung together in a story that is told with such clear-eyed conviction that you never doubt its veracity. The Secret Race isn't just a game-changer for the Lance Armstrong myth. It's the game-ender. And that's uh, by Outside Magazine, I believe. Uh, it's it. It is an amazing book, and it's it's basically just a string, a chronological string of stories about um, his career throughout the Tour de France. And uh, I, once you read it, you'll really, really appreciate what Tyler had to overcome to tell that story. And uh, we we talked a little bit about it in the in the podcast, but it's never my. Um, it was never my uh, goal to to make that the only topic. Uh, we we talked about it very briefly, and I think he's just kind of done talking about it. And as much as I um, admire his his courage and his veracity and his honesty to tell that story, um, you know, we we didn't want I didn't really want to dwell on it. Uh, I wanted to keep it a bit lighter than that. But if you have not read the book, um, go out and get it. Go and read it. It's awesome. Uh, God, it's pretty cheap. 
paperback, 18 bucks. I'm um I'm an audible guy. I listen to books, but it uh, looks like it's like $17 on Amazon or one credit if you're an audible subscriber. So head on over there and listen to that. Um, we also talk about his foundation MS Global, which raises money for uh, MS for the research of MS. And um, every year they have a, a ride, uh, like a fundraising ride. And unfortunately, due to COVID-19 this year, it's going to be postponed. Uh, that ride usually takes place next month. But I'm to understand that there, there may be a virtual ride happening. So I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that and uh, communicate that if, if that comes about, which I'm sure it will. Um, and yeah, we talk about lots of different stuff. We talk about training. We, we talk about um, aerodynamics. We talk about uh, um, pedal stroke. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It, we, he mentions something about um, how most people pedal squares. And um, I can totally appreciate that. And he, 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 he makes this recommendation to go out and just try to clip in and pedal with one leg and you'll find your imbalance so quickly. So when I'm on my single speed anyway, I've got uh, clipless pedals and, and I've been really thinking about um, spinning circles or trying to spin circles. So um, we talk about all sorts of stuff. And like I say, I, I always enjoy talking to Tyler. He's a good dude. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him again in the future. But for now, I bring you Tyler Hamilton. Hey Tyler. Hey buddy. How's it going? Good. How, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty well. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Thanks for uh thanks for taking the time to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How's everything up there uh in the great old north? Not too bad. Uh yeah. we got we got a ton of rain. So there's lots of flooding kind of around the province a little bit and um, just what we need, hey? Like, just what people need. And now we're going into forest fire season. And I noticed there was a crew kind of just off the yard where I work. They were doing helicopter training. I don't know if they were long lining stuff or everyone's ramping up, getting ready for it. So, um, yeah, man, it's just the last thing we need, eh? Is fires and flooding and COVID. And <laughs> it's just crazy, man. It's. It's a crazy time right now, right? What about you? What's been going on down there? Yeah, um, yeah, kind of laying low here in Missoula. Uh, yeah, uh, working on my coaching business. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I work for a financial advisory group down in uh, Denver, Black Swift, Black Swift Group, and um, yeah, from doing that from afar as well. Um, I do a bunch of work for. Um, a nonprofit can do MS. Yeah. yeah. Lots of Zoom meetings and whatnot. Yeah, and no doubt. You getting sick of it? Tons of Zoom meetings. Every day Zoom meetings. Yeah. Are you getting sick of it or what? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I think, you know, I, I do feel like you connect better, like looking at it. Like this is oh. way better than talking to you on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Is it, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Actually, I was, I was talking to a, someone the other night, Carrie, Carrie State from um, K Light. And, yeah. uh, there was a moment he was telling me about, about a book and I turned to the computer and, you know, I was looking up the book, but I was, you know, listening, but still not fully engaged. And then later in that conversation, we were just talking about exactly this, about the video connection. And, and he said, yeah, mate, when you like turned to look at the computer, I didn't feel like we were connected anymore and it felt weird, but then I just kind of started going with it. So it's interesting. Like, even if I just turn my gaze, it can affect, you know, Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. interesting. But 
Yeah, that's been my MO. I've I've had a couple chats. Well, I think I talked to you guys. Were we just on the phone? No, no, no. We were no, we were hooked up. The first one we did for Bike Pack Canada, we were on the phone. I and it was just like, ah, I just wish I could see you guys. I just wanted to see you so we could really talk, you know? But Yeah, it's way this way. Way better this way. Um, hey, what's in the background there? I like that looks like a bamboo bike frame That oh, that? Yeah. I actually talked a, a couple nights ago. I talked to the guy who welded that frame, Paul Brody. It's not bamboo. <laughs> no, it's not. My eyes are bad. Yeah. No, no, it's just um, it's just the color. It's like this burnt orange color. Yeah, yeah that's like from 1996. Nice. My first kind of handmade frame. I worked really hard building bikes to uh, in exchange for that frame. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I had it built up as a as kind of a. I don't know, you know, like just a slick tired mountain bike there for a while, but the, I just, I want to preserve it. I actually really like to get it repainted because it's just a really sweet bike. Maybe one day I'll build yeah. it into something else. I don't know. Um, so I, I listened to your, what's that? Looks really nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. This is my this little sh- picture below. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, and that's Squamish. That's, uh, that's oh, how, yeah. how sound, um, down by Porto Cove. That's where I took that. Got that blown up at London Drugs. <laughs> yeah, I've had that awesome. for a while. That's yeah, my little shop. I got guitars over there and a drum set in here and bikes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, all, all, sort, right. all sorts of junk. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. This, that's your little studio. Nice. Yeah, little family cave. Um, yeah, I read I read your book again. I've read that book twice, The Secret Underway. Race. What a fan! Well, I listened to it, but. I don't have a lot of time to just sit down and actually read words on page, but what an awesome book, man. Like I can't believe I didn't read that sooner, but just the, uh, the stories and the, and the messages in there and the lessons and it's, you know, it's really good. It was the vulnerability in that was awesome. And, uh, must've taken a lot of courage to write that book. Oh, I don't know. You know, it was, it was, a, I should have done it a long time before that. You know, I, I, I mean, I wish I'd never had to tell this story. To be no. honest with you. Yeah. I should have come way, way before that. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of lessons in there. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, I learned some hard, hard lessons, you know, and was, you know, and was faced and it, had to face it, and, you know, kind of in front of the cycling world. And it was, you know, it was tough. It was yeah, tough. Yeah, man. That, it must have been really tough. So, yeah. I, yeah. But, you know, all good. Like, yeah, I'm happy that I'm, yeah, in a good place to, today and, and, and kind of able to share some some of my hard lessons, you know. And I, I try to tell, tell as many people as possible, really, you know, I guess within reason, you know, you know what, what I've learned, you know, especially the younger generation, you know keep your eyes open you know, and, li- and listen to your heart really. Yeah. Listen to your heart for sure. And, yeah. um, I didn't really want to talk too much about that. Cause I kind of imagine that you're pretty, you're pretty done talking about it anyway. But the question I, you can ask any question you want. Oh yeah, I know you're, I love, I love how open you are. It's good. But, um, what, so after you close the, 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 the book, like not the, 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 the literal book, but once you kind of close that story down and you went on with the next chapter of your life. What's, 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 what's been your life since then? Like, yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. You still, yeah. You would, you would think just smooth sailing, but no, still, you know, um, but the book came out, it was wild. Like, you know, I went from being like, 
people like really just hating me to like a lot of forgiveness very quickly. And that, that was, um, yeah, that was almost like hard to deal with a little bit, you know. It just shifted so quickly. Not to say everyone just loved me and everyone forgave me, but like there was a lot of that. And um, yeah, that wasn't easy. There, you know, traveled around the world, did a, um, I did a lot of public speaking. Uh, there was a lot of interest there um, after the book came out. Yeah, uh, you know, that was exciting. But, you know, it's kind of, you kept, you kept telling the same story over and over again. So that was a little bit hard, you know, almost like didn't move on from the past. But it was just, you know, but I did feel like, okay, this is, um, this is my responsibility to talk about it. So you can't say no, you can't. So, yeah, and that just, that, that went on for a while. I went through a uh, divorce. You know, I got remarried. I went through a di- one of my first divorce, and then I, I got remarried really quickly. Uh, the, um, and that happened, yeah, went through another, another divorce, yeah. So um, that was kind of a quick one. So that happened. Um, yeah, we, were, we moved here to Missoula, Montana. So, yeah, all of a sudden I was, like, here by myself in Missoula, Montana. Like, never expected to be living here, you know. So yeah, just kind of restarting. Um, it took a lot of time to myself. Met a great gal. Um, I have a girlfriend named Christina. She's got two awesome kids. They're eight and six years old. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And uh, she's a, a Christina's a second grade school teacher. Oh, cool. Yeah, great gal. So I feel very lucky. Yeah. So it, you know, I took some kind of uh, some down years. Uh, worked on my coaching business. Business. Uh, I did a fair amount of public speaking. Um, yeah, and then recently I've been um, working in the financial world. Yeah, or uh, a, a financial advisor down in Denver. Yeah. Is it refreshing? Is it refreshing to kind of live a more kind of down earth, normal life than, than oh, you were yeah. as a professional bike racer? I love it. I love it. I mean, when I have to talk about my past, I talk about it because yeah, I feel like. Yeah, it's part of my responsibility. But yeah, I prefer just being just a normal guy from Missoula, Montana. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel, I, I don't know, I, lo- I love it here. Great. The people here in, in Missoula are awesome. And um, they've definitely welcomed me in. That's been really nice. And it's just a, such a beautiful area, you know, surrounded by mountains yeah. and rivers. Yeah, I feel lucky, especially now, especially now, you know, a lot of my family's back in Massachusetts, just north of Boston. And, you know, that's a whole different world back there right now. So Yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit going down, eh? It's, yeah, it's bananas. Yeah. Last two months, it's been crazy. And now, yeah, presently, it's been crazy. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. What a wild time. So I, I feel fortunate, and I feel fortunate, you know, to have just come out the other side, and, you know, here you know, re- kind of restarting my life again. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't feel like a bike racer in the, anymore. That's for sure. You know, but I do like b- riding my bike again. There was, you know, around when that book came out in the years before that book came out, you know, I really didn't like the bike a whole lot, you know, and uh, I wasn't riding it. I rode for, for a good cause. I'd ride my bike for a charity event and stuff like that. But other than that, I didn't, I wasn't riding. You had to learn to ride for yourself. You didn't know how to so, do that. Yeah. Yeah, I had, to, I had to push it away for a little while and come back to it, come back to it on my own terms. And and, and a lot of that was real bikepacking. You know, that was one of my first like steps back. And how cool is it? You know, how cool is that? 
Yeah, there's, there's so many different ways you can experience life on a bike, right? Like it's oh, it's God. pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just signed up for the Lost Elephant today. That's the one. Uh, I, yeah. I don't. I I remember Ryan talking about that one. Yeah, that's they changed it because I guess the the old route last year was a bit contentious because it okay. went up went up over Brewer Pass and. I got kind of, I got in a little bit of trouble up there by some not very friendly hikers. It kind of gave me, gave me trouble. I wasn't even riding. I was like basically carrying my bike up the side of a mountain, but it didn't seem to matter, <laughs> but, uh, they changed it. So now it's, uh, it's kind of like a big, not quite a figure eight, but just like a figure eight kind of starts in Cranbrook, goes South down to yak and then comes back up and goes to the canal flats. So it's kind of a bit, bit of a different route. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. It'll probably be the only trip I get out on this summer. It's so busy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Uh, so when is it? That's uh, July uh, 25th. 25th. So that's oh. another, it's like 515 and um, 8,900 meters of... Uh, 518, Yeah. And yeah, 800 or 9,000 9, meters, 8,900 meters of climbing, I guess. It's a little less climbing than the other one, but still pretty, pretty big. And I was talking to a buddy today. I was kind of probing him a little bit. It's Eric Ross. And I was like, hey, man, uh, what do you think about single speeding this route? And he goes, oh, I think it's a great idea. And that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to do it too then. <laughs> so I'm going to single speed it. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a test for sure. That's a long way to go for this old guy and his old knees. But I want to give it a go. And I'd rather that's, ride that bike. Just a different bike. It's a little lighter and 29er and just got new tires for it. Some icons. So it's going to be a good rig for that. What is that? What is a race like that? How long does something like that take? I don't know. I, I, I mean, did last year's one, which is fairly the same, um, profile. Well, a little bit more climbing, but it was, uh, what was that? I did it in two, two, two days and 15 hours. So I'm anticipating hopefully the same if I can okay. keep that pace, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do. I just want to get out. What was the race you were doing when you thought you were riding right down through a city and you were looking at night? It was actually Oh, that middle. was the lost elephant. That was coming into <laughs> Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah, it's yeah. I wanna I wanna get there again. I wanna get to that hallucinatory kind of place again, <laughs> just to see what happens. Yeah, it's fun. So yeah, you've been doing that. And hey, tell me about your uh, DIY gravel ride. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, uh, do, you, do you follow this guy Ted King? I do. I actually reached out to him to get on the podcast, but I he's yeah, he's busy. He's busy. He's super busy. Really nice guy. I <clears throat> I raced against him at the beginning part of his career, the end of my career. Oh, okay. uh, we're, yeah. We're both from, from the same like area in uh, new England I'm from like just outside of Boston, North, North of Boston. And he's from Southern New Hampshire as a crow flies, probably like 50 or 60 miles. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, know a lot of the same people. Uh, now he lives up in Vermont, but yeah, you know, all the, he's uh he retired from the world tour and, um, in a roundabout way, started uh, racing gravel in, in the U.S. You know, the gravel scene has really picked up. Um, but then, obviously, you know, a lot of the races, the gravel races have been canceled. So he's been trying to, um, to ride the, the distance of, you know, either the exact distance or, you know, just a big, epic ride every uh, gravel race. So it's DIY gravel. 
I think you're able to do it every. So yeah, I think they just did Dirty Kansas. You know, I think that was the, the end. Uh, that was the one that I did. I did a, just a hundred, you know, hundred plus mile mountain bike ride. It was on gravel. Yeah, I was with a couple buddies. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we started right here in Missoula and we got looped up uh, close to the Idaho Idaho border, like west of town. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. Long day, hot. It was almost uh, it was like ninety degrees. That Whoa, day. yeah, man. Yeah. But it's good. You know, the legs still work. I can still pedal. <laughs> which is good you know not very fast or anything but it's all good yeah not that you, you probably know. like timing yourself anymore but how long did it no. take you to do 100 miles no no, no. i don't i've not had a bike computer like <laughs> 2009 yeah 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 that's 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 probably refreshing as well <laughs> not looking at watts yeah. all the time <laughs> it's all about just enjoying it and, yep. yeah that's awesome and are you going to do some more this summer of that um, you know, why not? Yeah. I mean, we had uh, Ted on, on our podcast and, uh, you know, he mentioned it. And then afterwards we were, Pete and I were talking, we were like, we should do it. We should do at least one. So, so he threw out the date, May 30th. And I was like, let's do it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, why not more? It's fun. You know? Um, and what is that? That would be like a day, right? What's that? How long did that take you to do that? Just like a, uh, like all day? Um, yeah, it's just good. I don't know how long it took. Maybe, um, and we stopped a bunch and lots, lots of pictures. I think it was around eight hours or something. <laughs> but you know, it's gravel, it's dirt. I mean, there was some, yeah, not fast stuff, but yeah, we weren't trying to set any speed records. Yeah. I'm really interested yeah. in getting a gravel bike. I really want to get a gravel bike. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have one at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'd like one. I just throw drop bars on the bikes I have, actually, and just ride those. Yeah, you could do that. I'm enjoying just riding a mountain bike. Yeah. At this great Santa Cruz. It's been a lot of fun to ride. So it's kind of nice just riding one bike sometimes and not having to worry about too many things. Yeah. But a gravel bike, if, if you're going to have one bike, I mean, I, I think it's a gravel bike. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, I was all, I was in the Tour de France kind of around the time that 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 you were your career was happening, and I was never really much of a roadie. But the the whole idea of riding bikes like like basically road bikes with fat tires on gravel roads really appeals to me because it it'd be gnarly. It'd be kind of hard, I think. Like I see I see how fast those gravel races run. And I'm just like, holy shit, man! They're flying. Like. It's pretty- yeah. yeah, and it's technical. Like those are pretty skinny tires to be, you know, whipping around on these gravel roads. Yeah, yeah, looks, looks fun. Yeah, but it's good. More people on bikes, awesome, right? Yeah, for sure. How's how's the podcast going? Oh man, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Um, yeah, well, that's a great guest. You know, I, I love just interviewing people and figuring out figuring out what makes them tick, and yeah. you know. I, f- I feel like every everybody we've interviewed so far, like I've taken at least a dozen good things from. And, you know that that helps motivate me, and yeah, um, lots of inspiring people. Yeah, we just interviewed uh, Lael Wilcox. Yeah, she's great. She is great. Wow, what an inspiration, and and what a good ambassador for the sport of cycling. For sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's what yeah. I find with a lot of these people, even the folks I'm talking to too. This is everyone has a story, a really good story, and everyone's always everyone's super polite, 
you know, like everyone's just, they have a good vibe and just, I think it's just a community feel, you know, like, um, I've made, I've, I've made a lot of really good relationships by doing the podcast, you know, do you feel that way? I mean, lucky us that we get to interview all these random people that normally we probably never meet in our life, you know? Yeah. I feel lucky. And some old friend for me, some old friends, that's been fun, you know? Um, I like mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about relationships, like through the, through the professional cycling, cycling career you have, you must, did you, did you retain a lot of those relationships from those days? Uh, you know, I think I have a lot of old friends out there, you know, do we stay in really good touch? Probably not. You know, could we stay in better touch? Absolutely. You know, I talked to one old teammate actually today, uh, Scott Mercier. He lives in, um, Western Colorado. Let's see. I caught up with an old teammate a couple of weeks ago, Marty Jemison, from like the 97, 98 tour references as a teammate. Yeah, I caught up with an old director recently. Yeah, so oh, once and I mean, nobody's super consistently, I would say, out of my, out of the whole old squad or old squads, plural, you know. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just, you know, I mean, I live in Montana. You know, I don't cross paths with a lot of these individuals, you know. Um, but yeah, there's probably also some, you know, um, yeah, I don't think I'm, some people are, Still not happy with me. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah but it's yeah. all good. It's all good. No, it's all. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's just the journey, right? It's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's the, the great thing about it too, is I find um, just re- you know, talking to people and connecting with them and generating these relationships with, it's just super meaningful. I think, you know, like to be able to, like you said, even like, you know, me reaching out to you and being able to connect with you or just, you know, Paul Brody, just reaching out to him on, on Instagram and like, Hey man, do you want to do a podcast? And he's just so, so gracious, right? Like, yeah, everyone just really wants to share. And it's, it's I, always cool. find it, I always find it so cool. You're like, Oh, let's ask them. Like, I mean, they'll never, <laughs> yeah, they'll never, they'll never say yes. And then they say yes. And you're like, you know, you're kind of like a little kid in a candy yeah. store. Really cool. And then you're like, you know, doing all the research and all that. That's fun. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it totally is. I was so nervous talking to Paul Brody. I don't know why. I just was so nervous, man. I just feel like I was flailing the whole time. And then at the end, we, we finished up and and I and he texted me. Usually I, I text people kind of right away and just say, hey, thanks for your time. And he just texted me right back and he said, oh, I really enjoyed that. I was like, oh, I was so nervous, man. I was so nervous talking to you. And he texted back. He's like, I'm just a guy, man. I'm just a guy that built bikes. It's like, I know, but you're a legend. I know you probably don't like that word. Like you are, you're probably a bit of a legend yourself. Not me. Not no, me. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. um, you should get, have you, cause Axel gotten back to you? No, I reached out to him a couple times. All right, um, Axel, you're listening. Yeah. Get on Steve's podcast. See, I'd be nervous to talk to him too, just because I, it's uh, the oh, whole, he's great. He's great. He's great. Yeah. Just as far yeah. as my, my road biking, uh, it's out of my wheelhouse a little bit, you know, that whole, yeah. but yeah, I'd really love to talk to him just about the coaching and, and stuff. I think he's, he's, uh, he's doing some great stuff like for, for youth oh. and bikes. It's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Great guy. Great guy. So tell me about, 
He's, he's just busy. He's busy. He's yeah, busy. I figured so. And I don't, I don't like being a pest. You know, like I've reached out to people and they say, oh, let's, you know, push it off. And I'll just like back off and give them space because I don't want to be too like, I don't want to annoy anyone. <laughs> hey, have they, uh, with, with the rate, the great divide, uh, mountain bike race, what's going on with that? I don't know. I haven't really been following it, to be honest. I, I, I've been so busy. I haven't looked into it. I, I, the last thing I heard, it was going to be kind of a border to border thing. Okay. But I mean, that's really all they can do really. And then I think some people in, um, I read a post on Facebook, some people in Canmore, um, was it, um, Alex Cohen, he threw out the idea of doing a virtual one. So getting, yeah, like getting a a bunch of people on board and then I, I could be wrong, but it's like, you know, I'll ride a stage say, Um, and then that guy will ride a stage and that woman will ride a stage and just this, you know, just do it stage to stage to stage to stage kind of virtually, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't. In, in a lot of the organizers in in Canada have basically said they've they're running their events, but they're basically um, uh, provincial events. So it's like I don't think we're going to see any uh, people from Alberta or outside of the uh, outside the province riding the lost elephant. So I think that's a way of just kind of like compartmentalizing it, and and at least it's running. Like God damn it, at least there's something running because I just I had to do something this year. Like I had to get another event in just to, yeah, just to have more stories to tell. <laughs> That's great that that didn't get get canceled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think things have relaxed quite a bit here. I mean, awesome. you know, Invermere is kind of a, well, you've been here, right? Like kind of a tourist town and we're starting to see a lot more tourism, which, which is good. I think a lot of people are nervous about it getting too busy and yeah. Um, yeah yeah and there's a bit of divisiveness between the mask the mask wearing people and the not mask wearing people and it's just there's a lot of tension right around that so um but man it's it's sad because there's a lot of closed uh shops right in invermere now just you know you, you look in through the glass and they're packing up all their stuff because they can't afford to pay the rent and it's it's sad right so hoping it'll bounce back yeah but yeah I can't wait. I can't wait to, to ride a bike again. Yeah, for sure. In a race. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me about, um, Tyler Hamilton training. So w- when, w- when did that, uh, when was that created? Um, it, uh, we, st- or I started back, uh, at the end of my cycling career. Um, you know, I al- always loved, was fascinated by just clans that you get and you, you know, from, all the way from high school, you know, as a ski racer, then into college, and then uh, becoming a bike racer, and uh, starting out super green bike racer, and then how it evolved, and um, how the how the training changed. I I, I was fa- always fascinated with it. You know, towards the end of my career, I, I kind of dabbled in it a little bit. I coached some people just for fun, saw how they did. And, um, yeah, I thought I was pretty good at it. And, you know, I. I uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I felt like it was all I really needed when I finished my mm. career. So, you know, I was kind of scared to do anything else, kind of. Um, so yeah, starting in two thousand nine. Yeah, we're small. We're a small little. Uh, two of us. Jim Capper is the head coach, and it's me. So yeah, we're small and kind of nimble. You know, we we write custom training programs for all different ages and abilities. Um, yeah. 
I think our most of our, I'd say in general, we have a lot, a lot of weekend warrior type rider, riders that are, you know, have families and uh, busy jobs and, you know, don't have 20 or 30 hours a week to ride, but, you know, you know maybe five or, you know, some people have 10, you know, but, um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy helping people. You know, you, you see them get stronger on the bike. You see their confidence, uh, go up, you know, um, typically their significant other chimes in and says, Oh my God, they're so happy. This is great. Thank you so much. And that's like music to my ears. If it makes their life, you know, makes improves their life or quality of life, then great. You know, whether they're, you know, winning bike races, that's not that important. You know, I just like to see people happy and, you know, being efficient on their bike with their time, the, the time that they're able to ride the bike, being efficient with it and getting stronger. And, uh, yeah, people seem to enjoy it. Yeah. I think, uh, you guys were talking about that, you and Jim on, on one of the ask the coach episodes you did and you kind of, you know, you echoed that, what you just said. And, and, uh, what I thought was cool too, is I think because you're, you're small and nimble, you would mention that. Yeah. And if, if you want to reach out and if you have a question, you know, it's like, it's not only just feeding programs to people, you're actually there to, to coach them. Right. And, do, do people reach out to you pretty often and, Oh dude, Tyler, I just, I'm so unmotivated. Like do people kind of get into that state of mind when they're, when they're um, doing your programs? Um, I mean, we try to keep them motivated and try to keep them uh, change, change things up a lot. And yeah, you know, you're always kind of, if you keep going back and doing this two day block rest day back to the two day block or three, you know, just back and forth, same stuff all the time. You know, that gets a little, can get a little bit dull and people can get a little bit burned out. So just depending on that, every, everybody's different. Some people love, like, I like the same, you know, these training blocks like this or I like it like this. So everybody's a little bit different, but you know, um, you got to be creative and you know, keep people kind of excited to, you know, ride, ride their bikes hard. And, you know, and that requires, um, forcing them to rest yeah you know? no doubt for a lot of people it's the hardest thing it's the, hard, the hardest thing you know go out today and ride for one hour really 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 easy you know don't get in your big chain ring um you know keep it in this zone here and you know if somebody passes you you can't chase them <laughs> yeah so uh once in a while, we make somebody, if we don't believe they're riding easy enough, we'll make them take a picture or a video of somebody passing them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, you know, you train hard, but you got to rest hard. If you don't, without the proper rest, you know, that's the building block, the rest. And then, you know. What, what uh, method are you using for, uh, to collect biometrics on these, these folks? Yeah, everything. You know, we don't require that they have to have to have a power or anything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, we use that. We use power. We use heart rate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, some people go super, we could do, do it super basic. We just use RPE, which is just rate of per deep exertion. Mm. Yeah. That's fun too. You know, um, it takes a little bit of pressure off in there for, for on both sides, really. And uh, they can kind of just listen to their body and ride. You know, we definitely use a lot of cadence. You know, every, uh, you know, we're always recommending what cadence to ride at. You know, cadence is super important. A lot of people overlook your cadence, mm. cadence, cadence work, you know, 
high cadence work, they call it rhythm work, you know, learning, learning to pedal efficient, efficiently, you know, really perfect circle, you know, nobody can pedal a perfect circle, it's impossible, really, but, um, but you, you try to do it as best you can, you know, a lot of people pet out there pedal squares, I read there, there's so many people out there that are really strong riders, but they just, they pedal squares, you can see it, you know, and not, I'm not perfect for sure, you know, we can all work on our pedal stroke, but, but um, it, it's, some, it's something that they don't really talk about a lot. You know? Yeah, it's something. It's yeah. hard. It's efficiency, really. I mean, you want to be pe- uh, pressuring the pedal equally through all 360 degrees, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, we all can do this tomorrow. Go out when you jump on your bike, pedal for 30 seconds with just one leg clipped in. You know. Mm. And for me, I did it yesterday. I was showing a friend, and uh, I don't know. It took me fifteen. I hadn't done it in I don't know ten years, but uh, so I did it. And I was like, after fifteen seconds, I'm like, I know it's where my weak spot was. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, pretty pathetic, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it for thirty seconds each, you know. And if you still don't feel it, just go a little longer. Wait, you'll see. You'll see. And if you still don't believe it, try it for like three or four minutes. <laughs> you know. It'll, you'll be pedaling triangles, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You see where your uh, pedal stroke needs um, work, basically, where you can even out your pedal stroke. Yeah, a lot of people really just push down and pull up, and you know. Yeah, it's... Sometimes I tell people that it's like, think about pushing forward and like and pulling back, almost like scraping gum off the, the bottom yeah. of your shoe, you know. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to spin like that, especially, you know, um, riding fat bikes all winter. I just chose flats a long time ago. I ride flats, but you know, I've been on, I've been riding bikes for a long time and I think you need to adapt. You almost need to adapt to a flat because you can actually still get like, I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out there, but you know, at least 75% of the pedal stroke can be because you can push. If you have good spikes on your pedals, you can kind of push the top over and then power down and then you can still kind of rake but then at the, mm-hmm. obviously at the back of the stroke is all that dead, that dead space where you're not attached. But when I ride my single speed, I, I, I'm I, like, I planned a single speed on that lost elephant, but I'm going to ride flats. And the reason I ride flats is for foot comfort. And when you have to walk, cause I, yeah, I've, I've been in a couple of races watching, watching people walking in bike shoes. And it's like, they might as well be wearing stilettos, right? <laughs> like they're so unstable and there's no traction and, and I can get, put my feet on the ground with Merrell's on, right. And just pound it out. Like just go for a hike with my bike kind of thing. That's kind of my preference. But if I'm riding trail, I have to be attached. Like, so it's going to be, much, how much hiking is there? Well, on the last one, there was a ton, like last year, there was a ton of hiking, like a lot of walking. And I, the basically yeah. I had to throw those shoes out. I had an old pair of Merrell's. And by the time I traversed these, um, across Brewer and kind of above Pano there, these, uh, avalanche slides, these scree slopes, by the time I finished that, my shoes were done. Like the last was completely, <laughs> they were so fucked. I was surprised I didn't break an ankle. Actually, they were so bad. All right. As a coach, I'll say I you might be losing time at least, maybe not fun, with not having clip-ins. I totally, just yeah. Even though the hiking might not be as comfortable or even as fast. Yeah, I agree, and, and I accept but, that. I accept yeah. the comfort because. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, you're comfortable, right? Yeah, that's the most. 
important. Good for you. Yeah, I, I, I accept that loss in power and that possible loss in time. But uh, it's just so nice. It's just nice to have comfy feet <laughs> when you're riding like, you know, two or 300K a day to have comfy feet. But uh, but yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, pedaling efficiency. Just, you know what, bike riding efficiency. Just a lot of mm-hmm. people I find like, you know, you can stand up and you can pump the terrain or, you know, looking far enough ahead or, you know, there's so many of these little skills that I think mountain bikers who have been doing it a long time, they don't even think about what they're doing. It's so automatic. You're ripping through the woods and the, the way you're handling your, it's a tool, basically the way you're whipping the tool around, it's so innate to you. You don't think about it, Our, but, yeah. but to take like a newbie mountain biker and then put them in the woods, you know, they're, you know, they're not keeping their pedals level and they're sitting in the saddle too much. And, you know, they're pushing two big gears or, you know, it's, you really take for granted how much, you know, after, or how much wisdom you gain just from like doing it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, it's hard to even realize how much you, what exactly, you know, you know, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. yeah it's, you got to peel back all these different layers and like, Oh yeah, this, you know, I guess people wouldn't really know this. Like how would they, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm gonna start. So, I'm gonna start. Like, not not dumb it down's not not the right term, but that's all I got right now. But it just kind of slow it down a little, little bit and think back to the basics. Like, you know, think like, oh, when I was you know at this level or you know in my third year as a bike rider, like I was thinking like this. Like this might make sense. So if that makes sense, sometimes you gotta yeah. bring it. But so does. Yeah, yeah, and keep, just keep things simple, right? Like, uh, don't overthink yeah. it. So that's cool. So that must bring you a lot of meat. How many clients do you have? Like just a handful or is that kind of private information or should I not ask that? <laughs> a couple hand does. I coach probably like 10 to 12 athletes. Yeah. Gym coaches, you know, a, a good chunk of athletes. That's yeah. Cool. Not exactly how many, but yeah, way more than me. Well, that's great. They have a, all I can handle that. It's a lot. It's, it's, um, you know, I stepped away for it for a little while and Jim kind of took the helm and I kind of oversaw him, but I, I got back into coaching athletes day to day. And yeah, it's a lot of work because you're adjust you're adjusting people's, you know, people's schedules are changing constantly. So you're constantly adjusting and, you know, there's no two programs that are the same. So it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it's work, it's work. And, you know, you're, you're working the weekends too. And, you know, you want to make sure they're getting the most out of, out of their program so we try to be easily accessible yeah no you know, that's it's cool important. it's important yeah. yeah i'm gonna start training with ryan draper cycling 101 in uh, july oh, yeah. so i'm uh i'm excited because i've never had a training program before yeah so it'll be interesting to see um and uh yeah i find i got i, I got myself a whoop strap coming so he, he uh, whoop strap. So that's a whoop. They, um, that, that band, that wrist biometric strap you wear. Cool. So it basically, uh, uploads your data every day. Like your, I think there's a, there's a strain component to it, heart rate variability. And then, you know, before you do your, whatever exercise you're doing, you, you, you indicate what you're doing and calories and blah, 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 all that stuff and sleep. It'll monitor sleep as well and recovery perceived recovery i guess based on all those biometrics so it's i'm 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 interested in geeking out on the data because you know sleep is so important and i don't think i sleep 
very well most of the time. I, I never wake up refreshed. So I got to like figure that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, do you, they say if you like step away from electronics, you know, an hour, mm. hour and a half, that, that helps. I don't know if you're like, you know, not, I'm not good, very good at that. <laughs> but no. they say that meditation helps, yeah. you know. Maybe drinking some, I don't know, I drink like hot tea and lemon at night sometimes. It's like magic. I don't know, it helps, helps me like relax. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to have to figure out these these healthy habits to try to yeah. improve my sleep. But, but you also play, you got busy days, you got a family, and then you do podcasts at night. Like, what time is it right now? Uh, It's 8, yeah, 8.40. 8.40, yeah. yeah, there you go. So yeah, yeah the other night I was up. Yeah, what? Oh, I was just saying the other night I was up till 11 talking okay. to that uh, guy, Carrie, and then Carrie State. And then when I get off, like same thing when I when I finish this conversation with you, I'm going to be buzzed. I'm going to be all because mm, I've been, you know, yeah. stimulated, you know, mentally and talking to you and excited. And so then I'll have to go up and I don't know what I'll do. I've been listening to books. Actually, I'll go to bed and I downloaded this book by this mathematician physicist called uh, Life 3.0. And it's pretty dense. Talks about uh, artificial intelligence. So I'll just put these headphones on and just kind of lay in bed, and he'll recite formulas and <laughs> talk about weird quantum <clears throat> mechanical things. And it's like, yeah, I love that shit. But it puts me right out. That's great. That's great. Changes like the, the brain waves from alpha to beta or whatever, <laughs> or to boredom. No, I don't. Totally. Get, I don't get bored listening to that. No, that's cool. So, uh, um. MS Global, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Like, yeah, we just uh, had to postpone it for this year. You did, eh? Yeah, it's uh, September. It's uh, I think it was the third week of September this year. It's uh, yeah, charity event we we put on. It's a week long charity event. Uh, it's been happening for I think this was year seventeen. I think year eighteen we've been putting it on. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just maybe re rewind a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, Back in 19, I think it was 96 or 1997, a good friend of mine, his mother-in-law had um, MS, and I didn't um, I didn't know anything about the disease. I, I knew this famous ski racer had, had, was diagnosed with MS, but I didn't know him. But the, So, yeah, his mother-in-law had MS, and he invited me to, to do this charity event uh, south of Boston. Uh, it was um, the MS ride, and uh, yeah, I went there that day and met a lot of people with MS or riding for their husband or wife who had MS or a friend or coworker who had MS, and you know, I learned a lot about the disease quickly in that in that one day, and yeah, and I told myself from you know that moment forward, I'll always uh, make an effort to support MS, and, and it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger out throughout the years, and. Uh, you know, for a while, I had a foundation supporting the fight against MS. Um, you know, now I just uh, now we're just focused on the marquee ride. Of the, I don't have that foundation anymore. You know, that's a, having a foundation is pretty complicated. Uh, but we we kept that marquee ride, and which is called MS Global, and it's a it's a week long event every year. That we change locations every year. This year was supposed to be in uh, Bend, Oregon. Mm. So yeah, it's a week week of uh, riding with you know amazing people. Some people have MS, MS, or some uh, people are riding for their 
uh, friends or family members with MS. And, you know, we raised a bunch of money and we, I think we raised almost a quarter million bucks last year. And, awesome. Yeah. Um, and it all go, every cent goes to this, um, charity called can do MS, which I'm, I'm on the board and it's a uh, amazing organization. It supports, uh, people suffering with, with MS and uh, their support partners and teaches them how to live a better life, teaches them what they can do versus what they can't do, you know? Um, and back, I was speaking about that ski racer that I knew back uh, who had MS and back, he was the creator of this foundation. His name was Jimmy Hugo. He passed away from MS complications um, in 2010, but he became a good friend of mine in the last probably six years of his life. And, um, amazing individual, you know. I I, uh, I think of him pretty pretty much every day, and yeah, he was a founder of Candu MS, and you know, he had the Candu spirit. Um, yeah, Jimmy was an alpine ski racer, and he he won a bronze medal in the '64 Olympic Games, and um, somewhere somewhere after the '64 Games, he started. Uh, feeling effects of MS. He was, uh, you know, four years later in the next Olympics, he uh, was in the start gate of the Olympic slalom and he uh, was seeing, he had double vision from oh, no. of MS. So, you know what a slalom course looks like, you know, there's a gazillion gates. And so, um, yeah, he had to close one eye and, and, and run the course and, you know, and that was the beginning for him. And yeah, back then they didn't know a whole lot about MS. And uh, when he was officially diagnosed, and I think in 1970, officially he, uh, they told him, the doctors told him basically sit on, sit on, sit on the couch and just save your energy because um, you're going to need it. And uh, he tried that for a couple of years and then he's like, no way. He was depressed and just not himself. And, uh, so yeah, he started, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can do. And, um, started riding his bike and started running and doing all the activities he did before he was diagnosed. And, um, yeah, just a really inspirational person, you know, over time, you know, his body started to fail him and, uh, you know, eventually, you know, at, at the end he was, you know, in a full care facility, but he lit. He, he lived a, a huge, huge life and inspired so many people and uh, was really active right up until the end. So, uh, yeah, I think about him every day. He's really, you know, I support MS for, for everybody who suffers w with the disease. Um, but certainly Jimmy was, you know, he was, he's, uh, and I, re I really looked up to him. He was like a hero of mine as a kid because he was just such an amazing ski racer. And then, to be diagnosed and then to, you know, to, to, um, to not, to not really fall into some spiral and, and just kind of fade away. He, um, you know, he made his, his life after being diagnosed with MS was, you know, much more important than his life before. And yeah. He's helped so many people, you know, I've been to some of the programs that he developed, some of these five day programs where they're, they'll bring in people, suffering with his, the, the disease and their support partners. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. You see people's lives like change right in front of your eyes. So yeah, that's pretty special. So. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and you know, just 
it's so important to to keep moving and then keep like as soon as you lose that passion you know it's uh yeah it just leads to to problems with mental health right i think we're human bodies we're just designed to move right and yeah and uh, yeah yeah what what has um i don't really know i went went a while like where i was like i don't know i just i think i was just uh not really liking the bike much anymore and not really sure what I was going to do. Yeah. I kind of got a little, felt like I got a little out of shape and man, I just, it's not, you're way happier when you're moving and being outside, you know, out of nature. 100% for sure. Yeah. I've been calling going up and down with the motivation lately, been having a hard time, like maybe just one finding the time and then, yeah, and then uh, just trying to, I just, at the end of the day, I'm so beat, man. Like, and uh, I don't know what it is. It could be diets. It could be. It could be a lot of things, man. But it's uh, every time I go out, regardless, even if I feel like shit and I don't feel strong, um, I still feel better when I come back. Oh. <laughs> I always feel better. Oh. Always, yeah. Rain or shine, just go out. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so, are you going to try to do that virtually? Is there a, a way you could do it in a virtual? Uh, we're gonna we postponed it to till 2021 mm. for Oregon, yeah. Um, and yeah, we're gonna do a virtual one day virtual ride. Yeah, I'll um, I'll send you the details. Maybe you can join us. I'd love that. I'd love to try to do that. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, great, awesome. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, with that and and the and the training and and the accounting, you're a busy guy. Yeah, the financial advisory group. Yeah, Black Swift Group. Yeah. Um, I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. It's, um, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I, um, say yes to too many things, I guess, but yeah, doing a podcast too, you know, that takes time, Yeah. you know, and for sure a lot. So, but it's fun. I like being busy, you know, it makes me feel alive for yeah. sure. How does it, uh, I- like learning too. I've learned a lot. Certainly a in the financial world over the, over this last like year and a lot about how the world ticks really. So what's going on now? What do you, what have you learned in the last like three or four months from a financial standpoint about kind of the way things work financially stay in the States? Is it a, is it a pretty fragile system? It is. It is more than you think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll get into that another time. Fair enough. We'll get it. Yeah. Time. Yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, but it's been uh it's fragile absolutely. And uh every day ch- things are changing so quickly, you know, and sometimes that's based on one tweet by the president, you know. And um yeah. Uh but I work for great people who are really on all those, you know. Uh it's a very like nimble organization and they're able to react super quick, so that's uh you know, it's fun, it's fun to watch from kind of the sidelines. And see how, see how it all works. Yeah. 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 It's uh, crazy times, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I stayed busy. I stayed busy and yeah. Um, feel certainly lucky to be here in Missoula, Montana, you know, yeah, having the great, great outdoors, just, you know, pretty close by. I mean, that's not everybody has that right now. So I feel very, uh, I'd say blessed. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
um yeah and you know chaos going on too lucky you know we're, we're lucky we're very lucky growing up growing up you know with this color skin really you know yeah yeah what's yeah. it uh what's it like um becoming a dad kind of like instant yeah part, i call myself a part-time dad yeah part-time dad <laughs> yeah so yeah uh you know my uh, my girlfriend christina she's got two yeah great kids six and eight awesome love to be outdoors um their dad's great he's just up the street we all get along well and, cool you know that's uh yeah it's fun you gotta uh responsibilities big responsibilities and um you know um you got to teach them the core values and all that, all that, and, you know, and practice what you preach, you know, kids certainly make you a better person for sure. Yeah. And also it makes you kind of slow down a little bit and see things through their eyes. And, um, yeah, it's wonderful. You know, I like it. I, you know, we have them a week on week off, week on week off. And so, you know, I miss them. It's definitely quiet without them. We have our, a dog sailor, a golden retriever. She's great, but it's a lot more quiet without them. Yeah. But it's great making forts out in the woods, you know, mountain biking, running through rivers. Yeah. Paddle boarding, rafting sometimes. Yeah. Isn't the, isn't the energy a crazy? Doesn't it just (laughs) blow your mind? (laughs) I turn 50 next year. I'm starting to feel a little, yeah. Around me for sure. When's your birthday? I turn 50 next year. Oh, you do? Nice. Um, my birthday is March 1st. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you're close to Sloan's birthday. Are you, how are you feeling about it? Oh, yeah. It's just a, it's just a number. I know. But I, I think it's pretty fascinating. Holy cow, I'm going to be 50. Like, I'm fully middle age, you know? Yeah. No, man. Uh, that's not the gone by fast, gone, But it has gone by fast, and it's like, wow. You know, they do say I appreciate every day, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel? Um, yeah, phys- I got a lot to, I got a lot to do, right? Yeah, I know. Right. How do you feel? Phys- of, how do you feel physically? Of, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I keep interrupting. Got a lot of places to see and places to bypack and yeah. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you feel physically as a late forties, 50 year old guy? Are you noticing like recovery time changes and, and, uh, power or strength changes, you know, as you're riding your bike and stuff? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I don't really look at any numbers or anything. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't feel, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't ride super fast anymore. That's no. for sure. But, but some of my buddies I ride with are like, they race in like the master's category and like do well, you know, I try to hang with them, you know, but they're, they're, they're out doing intervals and stuff like that. You know, it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I feel good. You know, I do a lot of yoga. That's helped me a lot in my life, you know, for sure. And that was kind of, that was actually my first like activity I started doing. You know, I kind of went to rogue for a couple of years where I didn't do much of anything. You know, I was like, I can just use my, my cycling fitness for my career will carry me through <laughs> for the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, no, I got to start moving around again. And yoga was probably the first thing. And it was great, you know. Mind, body, and soul, yeah. That's something I'll do for the rest of my life. And then from yoga, I kind of learned a good friend of mine, kind of, uh, yeah, a good friend of mine uh, told me about uh, 
meditation and I went to this um, course called Vipassana. It's a 10-day silent um, meditation retreat. Oh, tell me about it. I did it on a full whim. Like I had never meditated in my life. And 10 days, no talking, meditating pretty much all day long. Yeah, it was incredible, incredible. Hard, you know, hard at the beginning, certainly. And then, uh, I don't know, I feel like once I, I don't know if you ever figure it out, but once I got in the groove, it was just magic. It was magic, you know. I went in and my head, my brain was like a muddy river. And, you know, I came out and I was like crystal clear. Yeah. That's, that's magic. interesting. Probably the best thing I've ever done just for myself, you know, just because it was just for myself, you know, and uh, it was pretty neat, pretty neat. It's hard to put it into words, you know. Yeah. And so no phones there, no pen, no pens or pencils, so no writing. Oh, so interesting. You and your thoughts really, the whole time. Uh, yeah. Uh, very like, clean eating, uh, kind of vegan, I think, or at least vegetarian. Um Food, yeah, like kind of light meals. I might have lost five pounds during it, but which wasn't bad. You know, light dinner, like tea and fruit, maybe for dinner. It was amazing. You know, by the end, I was having these amazing dreams. You know, I could have, I could have recorded it, and I was like writing amazing music in my head, in my dreams. You know, I don't know. It was wild, wild. I um, have to check it out. Vipassana, Vipassana. Yeah, I started meditating. Um... I don't know, maybe it might've been 12 months ago. I kind of jumped on, I, I got an app. I'm a big uh, Sam Harris fan and I, I got uh, Sam Harris. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I got his waking up app and uh, it actually, he charges money, but if you listen to his podcast, he's like, you know, it costs money, but I don't want to let money be an obstacle to people healing themselves mentally. So it's like, if you want it, just email me and I'll give it to you. So I emailed them and it was like literally 30 seconds went by. It was like the email went out and it was just like, boom, you got an account, your email address, you know, your passwords, blah. That is so cool. I, I love it. Yeah. And it's not only just the guided, he has guided Vipassana meditations. And for, for people who, I'm sure a lot of people know what this, Vipassana is, is uh, mindfulness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now he's got some lessons on there and then he's got these great conversations with like the big thinkers kind of in that, in that kind of discipline who have yeah. like gone to India and trained with, you know, these yogis and, and it's interesting. You do a few courses and if you just, if you just kind of really focus on, on kind of what you're supposed to be doing, it's really interesting how you can kind of control what's going on in there. And, and mm -hmm. like these, these, weird thoughts bubble up and and instead of instead of you letting it kind of take you over or color your mood you can actually kind of it's almost like stepping back and looking at it you're just kind of looking at the thought and it's like where did that come from it's so random and weird and then as soon as you kind of almost look at it it just disappears right it, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah those voices in your head that just self like just I, i'm i'm like my the color of my um voices is uh self-deprecation just negative self-deprecating yeah. you know uh yeah it's just it's crazy it's yeah crazy. it is crazy crazy it is crazy yeah it's crazy with the brain can change like yeah i mean i've had my fair share of that for sure for yeah. sure it's uh there's always i feel like just work to be done really always yeah you know, uh but i feel like you know it, i've taken some time to 
meditate this uh, during the, this pandemic here, you know, we've all been kind of forced to stay at home. And so you, you're kind of under uh, close quarter or closer quarters, you know, you're kind of around each other a lot more. And, you know, I've taken the time to meditate in the mornings a little bit. And, yeah, it certainly helped a lot. Kind of it sets like a good foundation to your day. Yeah. When you were on retreat, what what was kind of the biggest epiphany you had? Oh my God. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Just underneath it all, there's like this amazing be- beauty and peace under, underneath all this like craziness up here, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you know, we're, we're, our brains are so scattered and we're running around at you know, 200 miles an hour and uh, never slow down to take a deep breath really. And when you do slow it down, you realize just how, beautiful everything is how, how much the, this true peace like deep down you have this true peace in common you know, i was there i've felt it you know and uh, you know i was far from it you know a few weeks before probably you know um yeah it was kind of right after that transition after the book came out it was just you know at the book came out and it was just my life was chaos it was just uh, a lot of people wanted my time and you know I feel like I really needed to slow down. And uh, this was just, ma- it was magic, magic, you know. The hardest part, the hardest part probably was coming back into reality mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, because you're back in the, you know, you go from zero, like zero point zero zero zero. You were just, you know, in just a fantastic state of mind to look back into reality 100 miles an hour, you know. But yeah, but that's life. And so they really encouraged you to, continue to meditate after that and i did for a while like really consistently like hour in the morning hour at night. oh an hour that's yeah and then hour at night like you were you, so you had to be pretty dedicated to it and then yeah you know just over time like just life got in the way and so it kind of faded a bit um but i didn't try to show up early to a yoga class and just sit there and mm. you know just lie just lie down on the on the floor and for 10 minutes and gain that uh that pe- try to gain that peace back, you know? Yeah. Well, you- I, no, just for me, sorry to interrupt you, but like, uh, I came out of there with like this, um, this like underlying, what am I trying to say here? Um, I just knew like, I always could just get back to that place. I, knowing, knowing that I can get back to that place if I ever need to, like that gives me just a lot of like confidence moving forward in my life, you know? Wherever I go, I go, I go, or whatever happens to me, I always know I have that, like, you know, in a time of just, you know, of difficulty for sure. And man, it was so great for me. I told myself after that Vipassana course, I was like, I'm going to do this once every year, which would be fantastic. I would love to get into that routine, doing 10 days of silent meditation once a year, you know. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't done it. I haven't gone back yet. I, I did sign up for a course, but I had to cancel last minute because. Because of a schedule change, but yeah, I want to get back and do it again. So maybe you should. not do it. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's uh, and there's centers everywhere. Vipassana centers everywhere. This I, I know there's one in BC. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And guess what? It's free. It's free. They are, are they? Yeah, yeah. At the end, you can donate if you want, but um, but it's free. So all it just cost you is time. 
just to take the time. I don't know if I could yeah. do it. I think I would have to ramp up to a 10 day. That's, that's man. That's jumping in with both feet. Hey, 10 yeah. days. Why not rip the bandit off? <laughs> just do it. I could certainly <laughs> use it. Yeah. I would, I would actually be really concerned with the uh, coming back to reality side of that. Cause I even have, you know, doing a bike packing race or whatever, and you're away for three or four days in the woods and which is quite meditative in, in and of itself. Oh. Oh yeah. Especially if you're alone the whole time, you're just alone. And, and yeah, I've had, you know, all the bullshit happen, you know, and I, honestly, that's a lot of the reason why I'm listening to stuff all the time when I ride is just cause I find if it's too quiet, I just, yeah, it, yeah. I just have a hard time shutting things off. And so I just, I almost need to have a book on something just to distract me from. But maybe that's your issue. Probably. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Probably. Maybe it's just an ADD thing, or I just. I get it. I, but yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. You know, learn, it's fun to learn new stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I was full on like the rookie in the broom. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, it's hard and it's hard to sit like that for that long, for yeah. sure. That was, that was probably one of the hard, physically, the hardest part was sitting in that, just sitting for so much, you know, but. Um, but it was wonderful. I'd recommend it yeah. to everybody. Yeah, I got to look into that for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you've already, I'm, I'm kind of mindful of your time. And Oh, um, thanks, man. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you. Well, we can always, I mean, I'm right down the road, so I feel like you can, just, you can pick up the phone anytime. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do, you, do you want to wrap it up right now? Or no, whenever, oh. whenever you need. Um, but what time is it? Well, it's, we've been talking for an hour. Um. Yeah, if you got more questions or whatever you want to chit chat about. Well, I just wanted to ask you a question about, um, I just wanted you to tell a, a crazy story about your, any crazy story you have about your biking career. Oh man. And I know there's, uh, there's tons of them. Cause I listened to your book like twice. I know there's some crazy storytelling in there. Is there yeah. one that stands out to you? Oh man. Um, is that too I mean, on the spot? I, the last time I read the book was uh, the last draft, the final draft. Was, um, what are some, I can't like. What are some of the stories of the book, man? Jeez, um, oh, dude, the, the whole thing is just story after story. I need to, actually, I, was, I need to read it again. You know, but I was so done with it. I was, and I'd been working on it for like two and a half years. So I was like, yeah, I was done. What about what about what about post? But, Oh yeah, some stories. I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that, I feel like I put you on the spot. <laughs> All right. Let's do part two, and part two I'll come up with a good story. Okay. Or, or we just keep chatting. And I'll think of one. What? I, I don't know. Um, what's going on with you this summer then? So MS Global's. Are you going to do a couple more DIYs, or to go on a camping trip? Yeah, or? For, for sure. Um, yeah. I'll probably do a couple more of those. And uh, my girlfriend and I, we might get, get out for a, I think we're going to get out for a bike pack trip somewhere here in Montana. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, back to a crazy story. I don't know. It's not the craziest story, but it's certainly, but um, I do remember um, we were doing this uh, race in France called Criterium International. And it was like somewhere in the nineties, maybe like 97 or something. 98 and it was uh it was going really fast it was raining um old back like kind of cow roads 
pellet, yeah, everybody's trying to get to the front, and all of a sudden we're uh, going down this, uh, yeah, narrow cow, cow road, and uh, a horse starts running right next to the peloton. We're screaming along. This horse was screaming along, too. And uh, it comes to the end of its fence, and it just launches over it. And then it veers into the peloton, oh, no. split, splits the peloton in two, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty funny. It ran with it ran. So yeah, it was like right in the peloton. You were either in the first group or second group, and I was in the second group. So I could I was looking at this this, this peloton ahead of me with a big horse head in the, in the middle. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. It ran with us for like five k, and then we took a right turn and it went straight. But yeah, that wasn't the craziest story, but I thought it was a pretty funny story. I told that one recently. Um, no, that's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've had too many crazy stories, actually. There's just so My many. Just so career, or two. Yeah. But yeah, it was you know, a wild career. Uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of ups, certainly lots of downs. Um, yeah. You know, I feel fortunate I got to, yeah, travel and see the world and, you know, saw the kind of dark side of the sport and gotten involved in that and, you know. Came, came out of it, learned a ton of lessons, and um, yeah, I'm you know still involved in the sport, but also doing you know doing some other things too now. So that's kind of fun, kind of keeping. It. Um, I don't know. There's lot, plenty of other things to do in life, really, but I do love the bike. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it took me a little while to re realize that once I when I turned my back to it. Yeah, you know Ryan Corey and. And Sarah, they were, you know, yeah, there were some other people that really helped inspire me to get back on the bike. And yeah, they taught me all about like bike packing and you know, how it worked. I was such a just you know a road weenie kind of guy, you know. <laughs> but I knew, you know, that's what I knew, you know. You're a shaver. Oh you're, yeah, I've I heard that one legs. before. You're a shaver. I don't shave my legs more now, but like I shave my legs. Off. I used to, yeah, probably for like twenty years. Well, it looks good. Yeah, uh, but it was great. And he, I, I always really enjoyed backpacking, you know. But um, if you don't backpack a lot, you know, when you carry whatever, a big heavy backpack, it's like your knees get pretty sore pretty quick and your back gets sore pretty quick. Bikepacking, pretty much all the weights on your bike. And, you know, you get to go further distances, see cooler area. I mean, just lots of cool nature. I love it, you know. I love it, I mean, you know. I got to ride down the Great Divide mountain bike route down to Montana, starting in Banff. That was awesome. Um, did a great trip down Patagonia for three weeks. That was just wonderful. Did Went, you did do that West, by West Coast Island? Yeah. Did you do that by yourself? I did that by myself. Yeah, for three weeks. Yep, it was pretty neat. Pretty good experience. You know, a little bit. You know, kind of like meditation a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But great, great. You know, I slept on the ground for three weeks and I loved it. I don't know. You, you sleep like a baby. Oh, God. I sleep like crap, Tyler. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, I sleep yeah. like crap. I don't know if it's my mat or. You're racing because you're racing. I wasn't racing. I, yeah. You know, bikepack, for me, bikepack is all about finding a cool campsite and, like, I don't know, relax. Right. You know, riding big days, you know, putting some good distance. Yeah. You know, but then finding a cool place and relaxing. You know, and then make a coffee in the morning, taking your time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, in your, in efficiency and all that. Like, 
that's a different ballgame. And that's cool and all that, but I don't know. I don't think that, I don't know if that's for me. Or maybe it would it would have been for me, but yeah, not probably not anymore. But it's interesting. I do think about it a lot. Like, you know, we talked to Lael the other day, and like, you know, she wants to set the record on the Great Divide Mountain Bike Route. And she awesome. will. And she will. She will. Well, yeah. she will. I think it's a it's a combination of uh I think it's just mother nature. That's that's the thing, that's the gamble, right? You know, cuz I think if I'm not mistaken the year Mike Hall won it, I think it was just awesome. It's just the weather was awesome, the snowpack was low if if there was any and that that's what yeah. I think. But uh and then this year, yeah, you could you saw what happened. Mother nature just wasn't having it, right? And that's, yeah. I'm surprised, like, you know, they, they're going to have to start thinking more about aerodynamics and all that, you know, because it's like over that distance, it's like, you know, I think you can make up a lot of time just on the aerodynamics. And this is my, you know, I'm a roadie, so like, <laughs> we think about these things. So, yeah, I think I think there's probably some stuff they could do there. You know, I don't know. I thought I heard somewhere someone was talking about wind tunnel testing. Maybe it was on the... Um, um, it was on. It was. It might have been on your podcast with the. Sorry, I'm such an idiot. No. The, who's the the wheel company you guys talk to? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Flow. we had this guy. It was uh, or this guy on. Um, it was great. Yes, yeah, so much, so much different information about uh, wheels and 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 uh, the aerodynamics with them and how uh, it's just a slight little modification can change. Yeah, and tire pressure. I was really interested in that as well. Yeah, I, I I had no idea about that. That was wild. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you eventually you're gonna start seeing you know bike packers in the wind tunnel if they're trying to set records, right? Yeah. So would make sense a little bit, you know. I mean, what if that big bag off the back? What if that wasn't that aerodynamic? What if they did, had a different shape? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> people probably people probably hate hearing this, but you know. As a roadie, you kind of think about that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. coach, so I, you know, I think about that for, you know, my clients, my athletes, that I coach, just aerodynamics and stuff more. You know, this is more in like on the road scene. But still, uh, I think in that in that podcast, I think they were saying like just just in a wind tunnel, if you're wearing just a floppy shirt, like a button down shirt. Oh yeah, it, they can translate that to power. Like it's like, oh yeah, well you've just wasted two power or sorry two watts because you're wearing a baggy shirt where you could get those watts back if you wore, you know, tighter fitting clothing. Yeah, and, and you're right over the long haul, like over every minute that you're, you have to push through the, what, what is it? Just the, if you think about just the front of your bike, just like what's below your handle, like what do you have all, you know, on the, yes. on the handle, like in front of the handlebars, like, you know, just that, like that's pushing wind the whole time, yeah. you know? And if you can reduce that, I don't know, like I think about that stuff. So it'll be, you know, if people are trying to set records, they, they might start thinking about that, you know. Are you going to consult Maybe. with Lael to help her break the record? <laughs> Always have to help anybody, but, you know. But maybe they start putting more stuff in the back. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But it's interesting. And I, I do think, I mean, if you're starting to set, trying to set records, uh, why not jump in the wind tunnel, you know? I think they've already started doing that. You see a lot of people taking uh, – uh, moving the weight off high up off their bars, like the, the rolls and the feed bags, skinning that down and pushing stuff kind of under the down tube or, or into the back more like you. Uh, and I think it might be more of a handling thing. I think the bike just handles better like that, but yeah, it would save tons. I would imagine pushing it behind your butt. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It's fun to think about. Be skin suits and uh, time trial helmets. <laughs> no, but you can think about it. Like maybe a skin suit makes sense. I mean, people are probably cringing hearing this, you know, <laughs> but you know, as a roadie, you might think, well, you know, maybe I have a skin. I don't know. No, <laughs> that, won't, that won't be me though. That won't be me. Yeah. You'll be in the button down the big floppy button down. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I roll as well. <laughs> I actually work with this great clothing company. It's called Ponder Mall, which means not normal. Ponder Mall Studios. They're out of Denmark and yeah. Check them out. They're good. They have some good stuff. Can you spell that? Yeah. Ponder Mall, which uh, P-A-S. Then normal. Like, and, like normal. Oh, sorry. French. Pa- yeah. Ponder Mall. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So they're making like uh, jerseys and shorts and stuff, socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super arrow. Really? Ah, oh, just good <laughs> comfortable stuff. Cool colors, pretty like basic colors, but really a little bit different for sure. That's awesome. Uh, they're out of Copenhagen. Nice, nice people. Cool. Well, Tyler, I'm again sensitive to your time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna land the plane here and. Um, yeah. Where can people find you or reach out to you to learn more about uh, Tyler Hamilton training or MS Global? Yeah. Um, let's see. MS Global. You can just uh, Google MS Global. I think it's M- I think the website's msglobal.com. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, my coaching business is just Tyler Hamilton training. Yeah. I don't know. I think my, I don't know. My Instagram. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Ty. Uh, Corey Hamilton, maybe. Real Tyler, Ty- Real Tyler Hamilton. That doesn't matter. How come I don't even know that? That's crazy. The, uh, the, the website is uh, candu-ms.org. That's what I'm oh, looking at. Thank you. Right Good now. You. And there's some, uh, there's some links up there to learn more about your stuff. And uh, there's a fundraise and a donate button there. So, um, yeah, people who want to get involved should probably check out that website and get involved and help out. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. Thank oh, you. My pleasure. All right, Tyler. Again, it was a pleasure. This is probably the third time we spoke and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for our relationship. You're always fun to talk to. And, and yeah. uh, likewise, Steve, likewise, nice to see your face. Yeah. Uh, keep up work. Thanks. Get some rest. Get, get, go to bed a little extra early. Do I look no. tired? No, no, no. But you're saying it works. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah, get in a little early and just try to, relax a little bit earlier yeah nice talking buddy keep yeah. up the good work uh you too man and uh like that bike in the background man thanks i'll build yeah. it up <laughs> yeah um hey we'll talk to you soon all right absolutely I look forward to going for a ride with you eventually one of yes. these days yeah maybe i'll just end up riding down there i'll just ride down there <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you all right you too tyler take care you too bye I want to thank Tyler again for his time and thank all of you for tuning in. As always, uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that. You can send me an email. You can send it to myback40podcast at gmail.com. You can send uh, voice intros, feedback, and guest suggestions. I love hearing from you. And uh, if you want to support the MyBack40 project, you can head on over to myback40.org support and have a read. And uh, let me know what you think. Uh, the basics of it are if you want to support the podcast, you can buy a t-shirt for 50 bucks and I'm going to ship it to you. Uh, freight's on me. 
that and some stickers. So uh, there are some people out there rocking the MyBack40 t-shirts now, and I really, really want to thank you, and I really appreciate your support. So yeah, like I said, I hope you enjoyed that convo with uh, with Tyler. Lots of good takeaways in there, I think. Um, I think mostly, you know, the, the thing I lean into a lot on this podcast is mental health. Obviously you, you, you can probably sense that through the dozens of podcasts I've put out. And, uh, I think it's super important and you'll, you'll notice that common thread throughout all the conversations that I have on here. So, um, yeah, lots of great takeaways in this podcast. I mean, the, the bottom line is just, you know, like I said before, moving water, don't freeze, just get out there, move your body. Um, you know, I, I hear about a lot of people out there struggling with, with weight. And I think COVID-19 has probably actually exacerbated that a little bit. People are just a bit more sedentary. Um, I haven't been, I I've been, I haven't changed my, uh, my physical activity at all, but I know some people, there's a spectrum of fear over the pandemic. And, you know, some people think it's 5g and, uh, some people think that there's no problem at all. And, uh, I've talked to people all across that spectrum, but I think the bottom line is that, um, you still need to get out. You need to stay healthy. You need to eat well. You need to exercise and you need to keep your immune system strong. And the way to do that is to keep moving. If you're just going to sit around on the couch and hope that, you know, a Weight Watchers program or, or some sort of weight loss program is going to help you, the bottom line to losing weight and staying healthy is to move your body. Eat less, move more. And uh, uh, I think it's super important. So everyone who's listening to this, as soon as this podcast is over, go outside and do something, go for a walk, go for a run, go for a ride. Um, just, just do something and stay healthy. Okay. So super, super important. I want to thank cycling 101 again for their support and also rebound cycle for theirs. Without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. And I really appreciate everything you've done for me. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in again. And I hope uh, you're staying well out there. Um, I can't believe it's August already. What the hell, man? Where does the summer go? It's so crazy, man. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. But, you know, uh, September's on the way. Fat biking season's coming. I'm super pumped to get on the fat bike again. I can't wait. love fat biking in the winter. But, um, yeah, anyway, hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm going to have another one coming at you in a week. And uh, until then, keep the rubber side down. <laughs>